bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. The drama going down is better than reality TV. It sure is. It sure is. All I want to do is read about how REI and Patagonia Mm. and North Face, why it's all companies like that, I don't know, but they're boycotting Facebook for allowing hate groups and fake campaign ads and fucking Russian interference and foreign money and every other thing. The hashtag is stop hate for profit. Okay. Which is chef's kiss. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Okay. Chef's kiss. I mean, I thought fuck Facebook was a good hashtag. I think that might be better. Honestly. Stop hate for profit. Or fuck Mark Zuckerberg. No, you can't even say it. Fuck Zuckerberg. Yeah. Oh, good one. I mean, he, he is a hate. Zuckerberg. Yeah. Profiteer. Uh-huh. That's what he is. Yes. He profits off hate. Yeah. He he's disgusting. Yep. Also, tons of NASCAR employees and fans mm-hmm. descended on on fucking Talladega Night Stadium <laughs> and marched uh-huh. on NASCAR after the only black NASCAR driver and full time hottie Bubba Wallace found a goddamn noose mm. in his garage. Let the Confederate flag fucking go. Like, let it go. Find it. You know what? I was thinking, hey, yes, it's disgusting. How a new like you are the lowest of the low. I mean, that's that should be you should go to jail for that to even the fact that because that means you made a noose and you're looking to use it. You're disgusting. You are fucking disgusting. Now, I was thinking this. Yeah. What if. So there should someone rich again start a contest for you for anyone who like can't let go of the Confederate flag because they won't admit and they won't just deal with the fact that it's basically about slavery and you want to keep saying like but it's about the South and Southern pride and fucking Dukes of Hazard and goddamn all bub you know Uncle Jesse and shit well let's make a new flag for you then okay babies let's make a new flag. Make yourself a new flag. Get yourself a southern flag. Why can't you just make you one? You mean a rich person's going to hold a contest where someone designs a new... Design a new flag. Then is that what you need? You need... Yeah. I don't think they want a new flag. Well, that's too bad. I want to <laughs> continue to eat porterhouse steaks, but I can't because it's a it's a, it's a ter- murder torture. So I can't. True. You know? And you're murder, your murder torture when you fucking have that flag. You're That's saying right. you like slavery. You want people to feel scared and fear and bad. It's a part of our history that is not something to be exalted. That was their flag. Okay. It wasn't just we're fighting to be the South. It was we're fighting to 
exclude ourselves from the union so that we can have slaves. That is what the Civil War was. Goodbye, Confederate flag. Goodbye. Goodbye. Now, your birthday is in five days. So gross. We hate birthdays here. Sasha Flick sent you a cameo video, which she is sure did. Cute. That was out of the and she said it was early and it was random and crazy. Hilarious. It was like yeah. the chick from Greece. It was Dee Dee Cohn from Greece. Frenchie from Greece. Frenchie from Greece. That's right. And she said, I never thought in my wildest dreams or thoughts or anything that Dee Dee Cohn Frenchie would flip up her collar and go, happy birthday, Julie. Like I never thought it <laughs> in a million, million so fucking years. So bizarre that was and a, funny. Oh, Sasha Flick yeah, is so, so thank you. Like, she knew the randomness. Yes. And she said she couldn't wait. Yeah. So it's your, it's your first <laughs> official birthday gift down the pike. Yeah. So thank you. Um, someone else that's almost going to maybe sh- near be near you in birthdays is our newest podcast baby oh, who mm-hmm. is Goldie Olson, meow, meow, Paris Tun, mm-hmm. who um, she had her baby, Paris and Jennifer, sisters that we love. They sent us a big Lebowski, amazing oh fucking God. like painting prints yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, she had her daughter, Marigold, mm-hmm. that and they're calling goldie which is amazing we were we were we were conferring with paris on what the good baby names were (laughs) because i do consider myself Uh an expert now her last name is ton but her i guess her do her her baby daddy last name is olsen now my god goddaughter's last name is olsen and i told jess to name name her mary kate and ashley which would have been amazing (laughs) and you're saying that name her one mary Mary kate Kate and and ashley Ashley. yes because it's not twins so good but she didn't she named her ren amber Mm. and if you and she has a clothing line that if you if you have a baby i'm gonna have um jessica send paris some oh that's good fashions because because goldie i think had the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck oh so it was kind of like a very difficult birth and she had to stay in the ICU for a couple days. But she needs to be the the sexiest baby on Instagram, which she will <laughs> with renamber.com. Yeah. So if you're interested in in owning, mm-hmm. owning your feed with your baby, I know Ashley Ryder supposedly sent Gemma some oh, for Penelope oh. from Ren Amber. So yeah. that's great because Gemma lives in England. So everybody go there because it's we're, we're to go to Ren Amber to celebrate Goldie's goldie's birth that's our newest podcast baby that's nice she has been listening to the podcast before she was even pregnant crazy i just feel like we're like half parents i feel like we're half parents too and i hope (laughs) they realize that they're half responsible for us when we're when we're unable to take care of (laughs) ourselves let goldie know she's right (laughs) she's gonna have to take care of us (laughs) now we got a letter Yes. And a picture from Evan Reed. Now, this was a delight. Yeah. This was written on the kind of paper that one puts in a three ring binder when he's they're in high school. like a kid, like a student. And, which is fucking awesome. And I do want to point out it's college ruled, not wide ruled, which is my favorite. And do you know? I don't know the difference. So with this paper, it's always like college ruled or wide ruled. What's well, wide ruled for like elementary school kids? Wide ruled is just more. Yeah, it's like bigger lines. Yeah, that's for bigger lines. Isn't that for elementary school or is that for high school and stuff? I think wide ruled would be more elementary school and then you get up and you oh. get into college. Ruled. I never look at that. I was just buy whatever notebook. You got to look. Oh, I'm I'm obsessed with college ruled well, or wide ruled. I definitely want it to be bigger. 
space. Yeah, right. Sure. You'd probably you'd probably prefer wide rule. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I love. I want it to be so tiny because I want to pretend like my writing is tiny and perfect. Okay, so. He says, Dear Julian Brandy, Hey loves, my name is Evan Reed, longtime listener, first time caller, and I'm finally getting around to sending a hello with my picture because like everything I do in life, I'm a gigantic procrastinator. I've been a fan since People's Couch days. I would literally be late to school every Wednesday because I would have to stay up the night before and watch my queens and the puppas. That's us. <laughs> I love you and I religiously listen to both the Patreons and I am a little behind on DGP because the news has been too overwhelming lately. I just listened to the one with Miss Sheena Shea and was living. Is it weird she kept his last name? You both have been a constant in my life over the past few years and words cannot express how grateful I am for the laughter you bring me. Two years ago, I was diagnosed with major depression disorder. I couldn't have just been minor, right? And the Patreons have brought me light on some of my darkest days. I'm doing a lot better now. And in a couple months, I'm going to be moving down to San Diego. So you both hit me up if you ever need anything down there. You can stash the TJ pills at my place. LOL. I wanted <laughs> to make sure and say hi because I'm getting sinus surgery on June 18th. So I'll be in bed um, in the full blown opioid epidemic soon and out of it. I'm sure I'm going to re-listen to every Patreon. I love you two endlessly and wanted to make sure you knew no matter what you guys talk about, it always brings a smile to my face. Love, a dumb gay Jew and loyal member of the 14, Evan Reed. He sent his picture. He's a young, cute guy holding a giant bong, which wormed its way right into our hearts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All we need to see is a little <laughs> cutie Jewish boy holding up any kind of drug paraphernalia and... It's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's enormous. It's not just like it's it's like half the size of him. Yeah. The it's bong. it's so. so long yeah. and so tall. Yeah. So we love you, Evan. Thank, thank you. And thank you for um supporting the Patreon. Yep. We got a package from Emily Baker. Oh. Which also included an envelope full of uh picks for the drug den bulletin board. Mm -hmm. She's gonna go right next to Evan. Great. We're gonna use the picture of her and her niece, Asha. Okay. So she also included a wonderful, soft. Oh, my God. A sophisticated blanket. Yeah. Yeah. That says it's a Native American blanket made by Native Americans was what the, the um, well, that's cool. card said. Yeah. Very cool. You guys give me so much life. DGP helped me first dip a toe in the into <laughs> politics because it comes from voices I can understand, relate to and care about. Now I feel like I'm part of the conversation and I'm so grateful to you both. I have to say, I mean, that's the reason that we even yes, do the podcast, which that's, is so that's that's the exact audience that we yep. we obviously like we like when informed people who are already interested yeah. in politics listen. Yep. But we really wanted to reach people who felt like, oh, I don't even know where to start. And right. I, you know, yep. so it's so great, Emily. Um, My two dollar Patreon subscription is money well spent, <laughs> even when it's annoying and listening to the back eps was a pure joyride. I'm seriously addicted. <laughs> Brandy, please enjoy the flossies I found at the market um, basket just days after the shit flossy episode. <laughs> it was one of my faves. I forgot she I included mean... two bags of like little kid flossies. Oh, yes, which is great. As we as uh, any listener knows, we love a flossy. Flossy and Kleenex. That's mm -hmm. all. Well. And the shit flossy episode was in reference to <laughs> Me actually dropping a floss, a, um, you know, a disposable floss stick. Yes. Into a, a pile of shit. I, it wasn't even a pile of shit. It was just it was a, a toilet. It was one thing of shit. 
And then I didn't want to flush it because Julie rents this place and I didn't want a whole rigmarole and uh, the whole drama and I didn't right. know what to do. And I was super high. It was late at night. And I was like, what am I going to do? And you'll have to go to the Patreon if you want to hear how that story ended. Yep. She goes on to say, the blanket I ordered came slightly damaged and they're sending me a new one. So enjoy the coziness. So I guess she got a blanket. It was damaged. She sent it to us. Which is great. I love a damn. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Let me tell you. Go ahead. And anyone else who gets the damaged goods. There's a line in it. There's a rip in it. Whatever. That's all Marshall's is. Go ahead. That's all Marshall's is. That's all Marshall's is. That's true. That's true. That's true. Send any of your damaged (laughs) dog beds. Thank God for drugs, y'all, and especially the laughs, or I would not have survived these past few years of depression and the general shit show that is the world we live in. Mm. Love always and my bisexual feelings, Emily. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, that's awfully nice. Thank you for the picture, Emily, or the pictures, and we're going to put your picture on the Drugged and Bulletin board right next to Evan. We love you guys. We're waiting for our picture of Goldie. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's time for the shitty week in Corona. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Shit is real! Shit is getting real! Shit is real! Right. This week's shitstorm was a trilateral battle between Black Lives Matter, the coronavirus, and Trump's stupid fucking failure of a rally. On Friday, tons of marches and protests happened in every major city in honor of Juneteenth. And the next day, the Trump campaign shit the bed with a lame rally in Oklahoma that was half empty, mostly maskless, and totally tone deaf. What a fucking tool. (laughs) Former Trump national security advisor and major douchebag John Bolton wrote a tell-all book that drops today, and the most important thing in it, in my opinion, is Trump's ability to distract and control the cable news cycle. Mm. He's been doing it since his 2016 campaign, which is how he won, and he's still doing it. Everything from scheduling a fucking rally in Oklahoma on Juneteenth to spending nine minutes explaining why he walked (laughs) down a ramp slowly, he knows what's going to upset the outrage trolls and dominate the news. Yes, and that's why CNN spent all morning talking about the disappointing crowd at Trump's rally and not about the legislation going on in each state regarding policing reforms or the fact that Vice President Mike Pence refused to say Black Lives Matter in an interview on Juneteenth. Mr. Vice President, thank you for your time, sir. Much appreciated, as these things tend to go. Thank you, Brian. A lot of ground to cover and not a, a whole lot of time in which to cover it. But let's begin here, sir. As you know, we are in the midst of a movement in this country, uh, and I think it's fair to say in the estimation of those who are marching in the streets across America right now, a movement that's finally getting some traction. And as you know, sir, that, that movement is fueled by the words, Black Lives Matter. And yet, despite that and the volume with which we're hearing it and the monumental nature of these changes, there are only really a handful of elected Republican leaders in Washington who have uttered those words, Black Lives Matter. And I wonder, sir, if those are words that you will utter right here, right here today. Black Lives Matter. Can you say those words? Well, Brian, let me let me just say that what happened to George Floyd was a tragedy. And in this nation, especially on on Juneteenth, we celebrate the fact that from the founding of this nation, we've cherished the ideal uh, that all all of us are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. 
and so all lives matter in a very real sense. It's Forgive me for pressing you on this, sir, but I will note you did not say those words, black lives matter. And there is an important distinction. People are saying, of course, all lives matter. But to say the words is an acknowledgement that black lives also matter in a time in this country when it appears that there's a segment of our society that doesn't agree. So why will you not say those words? Well, I, I don't accept the fact, Brian, that there's a segment of American society that disagrees um, in the preciousness and importance of every human life. And yet, one final time, you, you won't say the words and we understand your explanation. So as you heard three times, he asks them, will you say Black Lives Matter? Can you say the, just say the words. Can you, even if it was just three words out of the sky, can you say these words, Black Lives Matter? No. It's I don't shocking. understand why the very first time he asked it, I feel like Mike Pence just had said, of course, black lives matter. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. And even if you Couldn't need even say at that. that point because you have a Republican gun to the back of your shitty fucking gray head that you'd be like, <laughs> but all lives matter, Brian. But if you can't just go, yeah. of course, black lives matter. Yep. Of course they matter. Yep. It's like that. And by the way, that clip was nowhere to be found on cable news mm -hmm. and it should be playing nonstop. It yep. should be playing on every show, including TMZ, not just cable news. And playing as much as all the shows played the George Floyd video yep. and the Rayshard Brooks video. If we have to see actual footage of human beings being murdered by police, like literal murder, mm -hmm. then we should have to watch our vice president refuse to say the words Black Lives Matter. And we should be forced to watch it over and over and over. It's always the ones who love the Bible, right, <laughs> Matt? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, I want to just smush. I don't even want to. I want to so, take his face and I want to smush it in it. my hands. I, I want to smush it in my hands like this. I want to go, oh, smush you. And then I'm never going to let go until you strong. I want to pop his eyes out and throw them in the street. His voice gives me the creeps, Major. That's exactly how I was going to stand over you and you're like, but my life matters and I'm dying and I'm, I'm being murdered. Well, you know. There's certain inalienable it's rights. just some rights that people have that some people just, uh, they all believe in because of the Bible and shit. I just fucking hate his guts. Yeah. <sighs> well, two days before that shitty twat, Mike Pence showed his racist ass. A Republican congressman from Florida named Matt Gates also refused to say the phrase Black Lives Matter. During a House Judiciary Committee meeting on police reform, the meeting was literally about how to end police brutality against black people, and the motherfucker couldn't even make himself say black lives matter. Will the gentleman yield? Sure. I appreciate your passion. Are you suggesting that you're certain that none of us have non-white children? Be because you, you reflected on your black son and you said none of us could understand. Matt, Matt, stop. I'm not about to get sidetracked about the color of our children. We're talking no, about black kids. I reclaimed my time. You said that I reclaimed my time. I know. You want the discussion? I know that gentlemen, you want a bill? gentlemen reclaimed his time. I said I claim reclaimed my time. I already know that there are people on the other side that have uh, black grandchildren. It is not about the color of your kids. It is about black males, black people in the streets that are getting killed. And if one of them happens to be your kid, I'm concerned about him too. And clearly I'm more concerned about him than you are. 
that so let's you, be clear you're, about you're that. Claiming, so you're claiming you have more am, concern for my family than I do? Who in the hell do the you gentlemen, think you are? The gentlemen, if the, the shoe gen- fits. Listen, you don't know how much we care about our families. Kick dog outrageous. holler. You should take those words down. The I know gentleman you care about sus- your family and love your family. The gentleman week, will suspend the, gentleman suspend. the time belongs to the gentleman from Louisiana. Cedric, would you yield? Was, you was that a nerve? Yeah, uh, you did. I yield to the gentleman from Louisiana. So even though that clip was also nowhere to be found on the news, of course that shit went viral because everyone needed to know where the fuck Matt Gates's mysterious <laughs> non-white child came from. Turns out his name is Nestor. He's Cuban. He's 19. And he was never officially adopted by Matt Gates. For whatever reason, this Cuban kid went to live with the Gates family when he was a teenager. The details around his exact age are shady and unknown, as are the details of his exact relationship with Matt Gates. Mm-hmm. The Twitter detective trolls went to work in record time, <laughs> unearthing several different tweets where Gates calls Nestor his helper, a local student, and a congressional <laughs> house page, never once fucking calling him his son, never once mentioning that he was a, even a family member or even familiar with the kid. After these wondrous tweets were revealed, as well as several pictures of Nestor looking much older and sexier than someone's (laughs) fake adopted son, social media went crazy accusing Gates of being everything from a pedophile to a sex trafficker. Now, I'm sure some of you are cringing and saying that's very inappropriate. Well, regardless of the validity of the accusations, Matt Gates deserves every heinous and bullying tweet that he has sent. He was famously the sole vote the only vote against an anti-human trafficking bill, and he voted against the Border Security and Immigration Reform Act, and this past April, he debuted a bill that he himself wrote that would require all illegal immigrants to be deported in a pandemic. His fake gay son is an immigrant. (laughs) Exactly. Matt Gates. Matt Gates is one of the most abhorrent members of our society, and of this government okay i actually think okay okay i actually think he believes he's a patriot i do i do think he thinks that i think um he also knows he's a closeted hypocritical bigot who if it was in the time of hitler would be his right hand man and he should change his last name to goebbels if you know harry (laughs) potter at all he is wormtail he makes brett kavanaugh look like a puppy he makes jim jordan and stephen miller america's literal worst garbage presidential muscle men look like his uncles from an underground kkk meeting who wrote him a playbook of which he has learned to a t matt gates is a master at bullying trolling and spin he is the perfect lackey of the trump administration and it's shameful that no one has taken this piece of shit down he is the kind of guy who would turn a dick sucking lady of men into a muff diving (laughs) bull dagger because he is that repulsive Matt Gates is the definition of hypocritical lying yarn twister who can take anything you say and spin it until the point that he has now sitting in front of us with his boyfriend and looking us in the eye and saying it's his son. He will act outraged at your very questioning of his beloved son of color, whom he loves more than life. And he knows better than anyone what it is to care for a young man who's also an immigrant and non-white male in our society. Matt Gates is a hero. How dare you, sir? Now, in all honesty, I enjoy saying he's in the closet, okay? Because we all know he's hiding something major and something that would destroy his credibility in the world of the KKK, of which he lives and subsists on their jizz. Whether it's that he's gay or merely a pedophile, 
I'm not entirely sure. What I do know is that kid Nestor is not his son. He never actually adopted him. Legally. I do know that Matt Gates hides behind his patriotic nationalism to defend his racism and his desperate need to be accepted by other white men. I do know that Matt Gates is fighting tooth and nail for Donald Trump and is blocking legislation when it comes to police brutality and justice reform because he thinks it goes too far and someone needs to speak for the police officers and the good men and women who wear the uniform. I do know that Matt Gates is a diehard conservative because like every conservative, he's desperately clinging to his white privilege and can't stand that it's being stripped away from him. I do know that Matt Gates would have a black man arrested to never see the light of day for drunk driving and assault while Matt Gates has received a DUI more than once and is still a United States congressman. I do know that Matt Gates faced Parkland parents and told them what we need in order to solve gun violence is a border wall. That's a video. Look it up. I do know that Matt Gates will do anything to pander to Trump. I do know as a new lawyer, one of Matt Gates's big cases is to file a debt collection suit against an elderly woman who couldn't pay her home care firm. And guess who that was owned by? Fucking Matt Gates's shitty Nazi dad. I do know that even though he had made $29,000 in salary as a lawyer, he somehow spent $100,000 of his own money into his own campaign for his Senate and spent more and got more money donated to him because of his stupid fucking father. I do know that the second he got into the Tallahassee legislature, he proposed bills that sped up executions, imposed mandatory 50-year sentences for some rape cases, ban abortion coverage in healthcare provided by Obamacare. And I do know that Matt Gates is a mega troll on social media and uses Twitter to do such things as, quote, I just saw a woman at Publix access her food stamps and yet her back was covered in tattoos. Retweet if you want entitlement reform. I do know that Kid Nestor is hiding something that Matt Gates does not want us to find out about. I do know that Matt Gates has no shame, integrity, or understanding of what it is that anyone needs in Congress except for whoever's in power and who he can pander to. And it goes on and on and on and on. And we don't have enough time to list everything Matt Gates has done to access your gag reflex. Matt Gates stands for nothing except his own promotion. He comes from a Republican political family. His father was a congressman and clearly has a chip on his shoulder that he can't apparently run a plantation. And another thing, I'm not calling him gay as an insult. I'm saying he's closeted because he's a spineless twat who can't handle his insecurity and fear and daddy issues and loss of white male privilege. And he's just one of those guys who wants to follow a dictator and feels empowered and sexy when he dominates and spreads Hitler's desires by saying he's just doing his job and he's a patriot. He's a dangerous, giant, racist, self-hating gay rat who is carrying disease onto all of us and he must be rooted out and fucking destroyed now it's time for us to schmooze an important person and hopefully make some goddamn connections mm -hmm. another heart has made the trade This is our segment called Making Connections, where we connect with someone more successful than us in an attempt to make ourselves look admirable and accomplished to our 14 listeners. And if at any point in the interview there's a good opening, we will hit said guest up for a job and or other connections that could benefit us in the future. And we are very excited about connecting with our very connected guest today. Political clout chasing aside, we are completely fucking obsessed with this guy. He's insanely smart and funny and rich, but that's not even why we're obsessed with him. Right, Meow Meow? No. No, it's not. 
We're obsessed with him because of his hair, his suits, his style, his eyes, his voice, his smile, his body, his hands, his skin, his teeth, his eyelashes, his eyebrows, the whites of his eyes, his bone structure, his hairline, his gum line, and his jawline. The man is a bespoke star in a sea of TJ Maxx. He had us at hello. When he's not being sexually harassed on shitty podcasts, our guest today is actually an enormously respected and revered political strategist. He founded the progressive polling company Brilliant Corners, which helped Obama get elected not once, but twice. He is truly one of the most important voices in election politics right now, and we're so excited to hear all of his brilliant ideas and then pretend later that we thought of them ourselves. So without further fucking ado, it's time to start making connections with Cornell Belcher. Hey Cornell. <laughs> that, that's 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 pretty amazing. Although I do have to clarify the record on one thing. Mm. I am so not rich. <laughs> You're not? No. I'm sorry. I'm not sugar daddy. I'm You're... not rich at all. Or is it because you're spending all your money on your fantastic clothes? <laughs> no, it's 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 because uh, polling is not the field that you want to get into if you want to make a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know. We thought Kellyanne Conway was rich. Is Kellyanne Conway well, in polling? She may have other things going on. Oh, okay. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Um, She's definitely got a no, couple yeah. of other things going on. For, for the kids listening at home, if, if you want to do really well in politics, don't go into polling. Mm. Learn how to shoot a, 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 a an ad. Learn how to shoot a television ad and uh, for these campaigns, because that's unfortunately where the, most of the billions of dollars being raised and spent in, in campaigns is 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 being uh, spent at is been spent on paid communications for all these shitty television ads that you have to unfortunately watch over and over again. Yeah, and they are shitty. <laughs> A lot of them aren't even good. Okay, so we really wish that you could see how gorgeous and lezzy we are. Um, but just as the interview goes on, just keep that in mind, okay? Okay, I, that's in the back of my head. I got it. Okay, good. So we can't talk about election shit without first, you know, acknowledging this amazing transformational time. It's just, it's super exciting. We're wondering what what the other side of this revolution looks like to you. Well, we've got to, well, we've got to get through the revolution and actually make it a revolution first. So, um, and I think there's a lot of moving parts that have to come together. Um, I think the 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 energy uh, that we're seeing from the protesters and the demands that are that we see bubbling up from the grassroots, I think, is amazing. And and look, I I'm, I'm a cynic about a lot of different things, and 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 Lord knows I I knock our country a lot, but. When you talk about American, the American experience and how it's different and, and American exceptionalism, this is this is what should be meant by it. It is young people, both black, white, brown, taking to the streets, uh, fed up with this injustice and this bullshit and taking to the streets and, 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 and forcing their voices to be heard and making a demand on our political system. And guess what? Our political system is is listening, and they and and look like they're taking action. That's the beauty. Look, I can knock our country in a lot of ways, but we should pause for a moment and say, you know what? That's not fucking bad. Um, <laughs> it isn't. And when you have 
you know, right now to, you know, to yesterday and today you're having hearings in Congress listening to the listening to 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 to, to Floyd's brother and discussing how we might reform policing in this country. So you have an action by the by the people and a demand by the people and you actually have Congress responding to it. And you even now have Republicans not being completely <laughs> off the off the you know off the rails about this, at least for the moment they're 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 at least acting like they get it and, which and they want to be a part Mitt of Romney what, what, only? which which would be a part of the process. Well, look, I look I uh, I will give kudos when 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 necessary, and it is it is small victories with the Republican Party. Look, when when Mitch McConnell, <laughs> when Mitch McConnell is not at least it is is not completely just saying I'm going to block it. This is going nowhere, not happening. I take that as a victory. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I take that as I take that as hope as as hopeful. Um, so so. So, yeah, I mean, getting through this process and sort of making the revolution, um, I think, is is what I'm most focused on right now. And 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 how do we get move this from from grassroots to to legislation, uh, to implementation? And what does that look like? Does that does that look like um, we we tear away, do away with with the immunity that that we know? Uh, that that has been, you know, the police union's been fighting for, and has been a a big part of this problem. Um, so it, it is making the incremental steps um, towards uh, reform and revolution here that's important. On the other side, I hope on the other side is revolution. I, I hope that we have a more, you know, we have more awareness and we're more conscious of. Of, of racism and, and, and microaggressions that happen all, all the time. You know, one part of this revolution that I think is important, look, I think there's a, there's a, there's a political sort of um, policy aspect of this, but I also think there is, there's also a, a changing of hearts and minds and attitudes part of this that I think is, is equally important and goes hand in hand in this. When I look at the polling that's coming out now showing you know, large majorities of, of white voters now see racism as a thing, as it actually it actually exists. When when you look back, you know, go back to 2008 when when I was doing polling around a, a part of the polling team for the Obama campaign, um, you had a majority of, of of white voters in the battleground states that thought reverse discrimination was actually a bigger issue than classic race discrimination. Oh my God! Um, I know. Come on. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> so the changing, so the changing attitudes and consciousness about, about, about this is important. Look, it's a big deal that white people now understand that there's racism in America. I know it seems crazy, <laughs> wow. but that's a big fucking that's, deal. That's cool. That, that is. That's exciting. That's, that's true. That's, that's exciting. That's, that's true. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess I was. I never saw it from a pollster point of view or from a point of view of somebody from who who didn't know racism didn't exist that's why <laughs> right. right i just i'm like so as a political strategist do you think it's wrong for candidates to capitalize on this moment or is it 100 million percent necessary <laughs> well in the in the real world uh yeah <laughs> I mean, the system is supposed to work that way yeah. i mean you're supposed to make a demand on your on your elected officials, and then they're supposed to, in fact, act upon your demand. 
to me it is damn right they should be in fact jumping on this issue and 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 working around this issue because that's the demand of the people that's the way the system is supposed to work and do you think that trump's team or his you know advisors are doing an opposite thing for, for in my point of view i like watch them on tv and i watch their ads and whatever and i think are is there a group of people sitting around telling them to do the opposite of what people what this country is screaming for them to do i don't understand now you see the, the the issue here is that <laughs> there is a segment of the country that is that quite frankly is not for this um and and they're not going to be for this and you know, there's a segment of the country, and I was actually on social media earlier this morning looking at some reactions to, to Bubba Wallace and, and NASCAR. And some of the folks uh, saying they're going to pull out of NASCAR because, get this, NASCAR doesn't want them waving a Confederate flag, right? That NASCAR is all of a sudden saying, you know what, it's probably not a good idea for you to be waving a Confederate flag and, and displaying the Confederate flag. And this makes these people say, oh no, I'm going to pull out and reject NASCAR. So you still have a. So, so listen, I think this is an important moment. I think there's a rise in consciousness am, among a certain segment of, 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 of white voters, certainly, but, but, but that doesn't mean we are, that, that doesn't mean it's, it's universal. Um, and look, you know, Trump began his his political rises, his presidency, uh, and deeply steeped in resentment politics, deeply steeped in xenophobia, um, and so I mean that's a, that's a, his very predicate, his very rise was his resentment politics and this fear of a changing America. Uh, which I wrote about in in my book, uh, A Black Man in the White House, which you both should read. Um, (laughs) Which you can get on uh, Amazon and anywhere online. So look, I think when when, when Trump is is catering to to his base, and for better or worse, there are people who are anxious and uh, afraid uh, and nervous about uh, the changing demographics in this country. They are anxious and afraid... um, about uh, the rise of diversity in this country and what it might mean to them, their political power, and them and 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 them culturally, and look, the the fanning of division and resentment and 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 and, and racism is not new to American politics. It is deeply steeped in in our American history and our American politics. Um, and in fact, un- unfortunately, there has not been a more successful political strategy in the history of this country mm. than the Southern strategy, yeah. uh, which is based on pitting white Americans ver- against against minorities. It has been awfully successful in the history of our country. And what you see Trump and, and, and his administration and this, this campaign doing right now is really sort of pulling out and dusting off uh, the Nixon playbook. Um, and and trying to stoke fear uh, in hopes to in hopes to further divide and, and tribalize the country. Look, he got he you know he he won what fifty six fifty seven percent of the white vote in twenty sixteen, and still look in, poll, in polling right now, Trump is going to win the majority of white votes. Um, and he's and look in, in polling right now, he's and I think and I say that to people and. and 
at least my my friends here in uh, in the Northeast Corridor, and they're they're sort of they're sort of you know their jaw sort of drops. <laughs> it's like what what yes, he's going to win the majority of white people as bad as you think he is. He's still going to win the majority of white people, and the question is how large a majority of the white vote will will he win? Can he get to the the percentage points that he got in 2016, which allowed him a, a very narrow uh, right. victory in some of these battleground states. What about like voter suppression, all this bullshit that just went on in Georgia? I mean, we're like, you know, talking hanging Chad at this point. Like they're, well, they'll do anything. They will do anything. They'll literally just lock the doors and go, whoops, we're closed. You can't vote now. What about just mail-in ballots? Well, <laughs> we... We we actually don't do elections very well in the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is it is amazing how poorly we do elections, and we do. It's almost as if we do elections poorly intentionally. Yeah, because we kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but look, this is within the continuum of the conversation about changing America that 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 we just that we just had. There's a reason why there are long lines. In, in parts of Georgia. <laughs> There's a reason why uh, polling places are being removed, uh, you know, near, you know, colleges and universities. There's yeah. a reason why we're, we're denying easy access um, to, to the ballot for, for younger people and people of color. But, but take that and, and multiply that by tens of thousands of of and and, and you could and, and and that's how that's modern day rigging of the system yeah when you when you multiply that uh across across the country and you multiply that uh by tens of thousands of times that is creating hurdles and obstacles uh and suppress and suppressing the vote look i i look i'm not sure if um look i'm for mail-in I'm for for mail-in ballots, but uh, but I'm reinforced with the idea that mail-in ballots is a good idea when I understand who's against mail-in ballots. And right. when you look at what state legislators, Republican state ledges are doing in key states, I mean, look, Iowa just had its you know what its its primary, not the presidential primary, but the other primaries. Um, well, a couple of days ago, and they had record turnout and everything worked well with the mail-in ballots. You know what the Republicans in the state are doing right now? They are making that, making sure that that never happens again. So any, so anything that makes it easier for people to exercise their constitutional rights to vote, um, I'm for that. Uh, but unfortunately, when you look at what some of these state ledges are doing, uh, the most draconian measures that are that are that are happening to rig the system are happening in in the state ledge uh, in the state ledges. So so people listening, don't just go out and vote for the president. Go down ballot. Go down ballot, and and those state ledge races are important to our democracy. And just vote Democrat all the way down, even if you don't know anything. I mean, that's we started just being gross like that. Honestly, it was Julie's idea. You have to. I don't care what you identify as. We have to get them out. And so they have to they have to go. And, you know, I know that there's a there's a huge division within the progressive movement and liberals and Democrats. Blah, 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 blah. But right now, the best thing we can do is to vote Democrat down the ballot 
across the board, <laughs> across the street, knock on the door. I feel that's what we have to do right now. And then we can deal with the next phase next. I, I think there is, I think what you see with, with Donald Trump and, 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 the, and the Republican Party right now is an existential threat to our democracy. Um, and, and look, it, look, if, if, if Donald Trump and, and Republicans are, 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 are back in power, um, for another four years, I'm not so sure our democracy survives. Mm. I mean, they're already breaking norms and, and rules and, and not holding this presidency to account for anything. That's, we are on a slippery slope to authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is, look, the, the biggest threat to our democracy is Donald Trump. Uh, and I think we have to, and I think voters should, should behave, behave accordingly. Donald Trump and, and the Republicans around him uh, that, that cater, to, cater to his craziness. Uh, so, so to me, it, it is bigger than party. It is about it is about preserving American democracy. And if you're about preserving American democracy, I think you have to vote Democrat right now, up and down the ticket, um, to preserve our democracy. But but here is where I think I, you know I want to say something to you to your listeners, because this is where we get to we these all these purity tests that liberals and progressives throw up, uh, and and I think these purity tests uh, really hurt. Uh, Hillary Clinton, and when you look at the protest vote from 2016, look, Donald Trump didn't do anything uh, particularly, you know, uh, dramatically different from what Mitt Romney did in in 2012 in losing. He did not. Donald Trump did not win a majority in Pennsylvania. He did not win a majority in Michigan. He did not win a majority in Wisconsin. Uh, and 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 look, what did Donald Trump uh, do in in Florida? He won. He got 49 percent of, of the vote in Florida. You know, Mitt Romney got 49% of the vote in Florida and lost. This was about the fraying of the progressive majority and the purity test and the protest vote. Hillary was not good enough on this issue. She wasn't good enough on that issue. Let me tell you something, progressives. We can't play that shit going into 2020 or we're going to have a goddamn dictator. Right. Yeah. We've got Thank it. We've got to. Yes. Hold on. Let me stand up. <laughs> we've got it. We've got, we've got to play. We've got to play adult politics, which means, you know, every candidate's not going to be 100 percent where you are on every issue. But you got to. But we got to look at the bigger picture. And right now, the bigger picture is literally saving our democracy. That's what I'd say. God, I know you have to go and I don't ever want you to get off the phone. <laughs> I want you to keep teaching us stuff. Keep teaching us stuff. Okay, before you go, we loved Andrew Yang. If he hired your company, would he still be in the running? (laughs) (laughs) I... I uh, I actually liked Andrew Yang a great deal too. I think he brought a lot of he he, he brought a lot of interesting ideals and and to the table. Uh, and I hope he continues to uh, to push to push forward his ideals. I hope he runs for something else again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I cannot say it that, that <laughs> I alone could have uh, pulled his pulled his pulled his, his campaign uh, across the British line. <laughs> As a strategist. You see the landscape. What could we do to get at least 15 listeners? We've been stuck at 14. 
for at least a couple years now. We would like just one or two more listeners. What would you say to do? Uh, you know, uh, sex sells. So I don't know if you thought about pornography. Everyone always yeah, asks I me mean- <laughs> when you look us up. Just rem- hear this voice, Julie saying. Everyone asking me to do pornography, and then you can go throw up. Now they say, "Sir, <laughs> they go, sir, sir, sir. Have you thought about doing pornography? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Have you thought about doing pornography? <laughs> I mean, well, tell everyone where can they find you and and troll you on social media yeah, and and then sexually harass you and buy your book and yeah. you know. I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm an old Gen Xer, so I know I don't do a lot of social media and I know, uh, tw- Twitter's for, I, you know, Twitter is, is, but I, we despise but I, social media and we don't even do Facebook and we hate Mark Zuckerberg and Amazon <laughs> and Twitter. We hate them all Cornell. You don't even want to be affiliated with how much we hate them. <laughs> Literally. But, but they are important vehicles. I don't do Facebook either, but. But I, but I am active on, on Twitter, so you can you can catch me at uh, Cornell Belcher on Twitter, and and which which I do, uh, and I, I I do sort of you know I talk about polling and numbers and and, and politics and strategy on Twitter, on on my um, on my Instagram. I, I don't I don't do politics on Instagram. Instagram to me is all for fun. It's and all modeling. It's the fun. suits. It's, it's modeling. The suits. It is. Modeling. It's the it suits. Is. I swear <laughs> to God, if you don't do a, a TV show, you need to st- do a suit company. Do a suit. Co- you could do unisex suits. I'm telling you, it be for gentlemen and lesbos. I'm telling you, <laughs> they would be on the show. What I recommend the listeners do for real is go to YouTube and put in Cornell Belcher into YouTube. Watch the clips are there. Mm-hmm. The hotness is there. The information is there. Well, you're well, you're teaching me something because I because I've never actually gone to YouTube and and typed it typed in my name and and watched any of that stuff. Oh my god! Uh, so maybe I have to go check it out. Yeah, buckle up for the rest <laughs> oh. of your day. Thank, thank you, you so all. Much. Have a great have a great day. Stay safe out there. You too. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for gay guys and their feelings. Looking cute and feeling cute. What you gotta do? Boy, let me tell you, you're gay. It's okay, it's a present from Jesus every day. This segment is called Gay Guys and Their Feelings, and it's when a gay guy tells us his feelings. This week, the gay guy with feelings is Max R. Max is a loyal listener to our regular weed, dumb gay politics podcast, this one. And he's also (laughs) an upper tier subscriber to our Patreon podcast. Subscribing to our Patreon has many benefits. And one of them, for the rich subscribers like Max, is that you can leave us a gay guys and their feelings message. If you're interested, just go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and check out the tiers and the benefits for each one. And then you too can send us your gay feelings. Well, we would have played Max's gay feelings even if he wasn't on our Patreon because <laughs> right. we love Max. He's so smart and so next level, and he listens to our stupid-ass podcast while going to law school Mm -hmm. when law students are notoriously overworked and sleep-deprived, and he still finds time to listen and send us helpful emails about the Mueller report and Supreme Court shit, (laughs) which we've even read on Mm -hmm. past episodes. Remember, Memiao? Yep. 
Also, by the way, he's hot, which we know because he <laughs> sent us his picture for the Drug Den Bulletin Board. And we are honestly proud to have him as a listener and a contributor. We are lurking on his future success so hard that we offered him his own segment called To the Max or something <laughs> such as where he could keep us all up to date on the important happenings with the federal courts. We need to know that shit, especially now. But Max is finishing law school and dealing with all that that entails. So he humbly declined. But thank God he did agree to send us his gay feelings on the recent landmark LGBTQ case in the Supreme Court. So without further ado, here's our very own DGP Elwood's Max R. Hey, Julian Brandy, and hello to the 13 other people who listen to this wonderful podcast. So I just graduated from law school, and I'm also super gay. So <laughs> as I'm sure you all can imagine, I have a lot of gay feelings about the spate of decisions that the U.S. Supreme Court has released this past week. In particular, I'd like to discuss the court's decision in Bostock v. Clayton County, which it issued on June 15th. In a 6-3 to three ruling worthy of Pride Month, the court held that Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits employers from discriminating on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. I must preface the rest of my remarks by saying that I am not actually a lawyer until I have passed the bar, so please don't take anything I'm saying as legal advice. This is just my own very gay commentary about a very gay court case. Now then, the case was a consolidation of three different appeals from across the country. How cute is In he? each instance, a <laughs> plaintiff was suing their employer under Title VII for firing them after the employer found out that the plaintiff was either gay or transgender. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 was a piece of congressional legislation meant to remedy various forms of discrimination occurring across multiple domains of American life. Title VII of that act specifically addressed employment discrimination. One of the things that Title VII did was to allow employees who experienced discrimination in hiring or in the workplace to sue employers for equitable relief and money damages. To be precise, the law states in relevant part that it is unlawful, quote, for an employer to fail or refuse to hire or to discharge any individual or otherwise to discriminate against any individual with respect to his compensation, terms, conditions, or privileges of employment because of such individual's race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. The plaintiffs in Bostock all sued under Title VII and argued that an employer who discriminates because of sexual orientation or gender identity is discriminating because of sex. The logic here is that the plaintiffs wouldn't have been fired if they had been the opposite biological sex. The two gay plaintiffs weren't fired simply because they were attracted to other males. Rather, they were fired because they were males who were attracted to other males. Had they been females, their respective employers wouldn't have had any problems with them. Likewise, the other plaintiff, a transgender woman who was assigned male at birth, was fired for doing something that her employer wouldn't have minded if she had been assigned female at birth, namely dressing as a woman and asking to be referred to as a woman. A majority of the court accepted this reasoning, holding that an employer who discriminates because of sexual orientation or gender identity discriminates because of sex and is therefore liable under Title VII. The court also rejected the argument that Title VII doesn't apply to sexual orientation or gender identity because the members of Congress who voted the Civil Rights Act into law supposedly never imagined they would have that effect. Oh my God. The court says this doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is the text of the law as it is currently written. 
Surprisingly, it was Justice Gorsuch who wrote the majority opinion. If you'll remember, Trump nominated Gorsuch to fill the seat that Mitch McConnell stole from Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland. Gorsuch is known for being very socially conservative, and many legal commentators compared him to Antonin Scalia. Gorsuch's majority opinion was joined by Chief Justice Roberts, along with Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan, and our Queen, Ginsburg. (laughs) The three dissenting justices were Alito, Thomas, and Kavanaugh. Shocking. So obviously, this decision is huge. Until now, there was no federal law protecting sexual and gender minorities against employment discrimination, and tons of states lack local laws prohibiting that type of discrimination. But of course, there's a wrinkle. See, the court's opinion specifically declined to say whether the Religious Freedom Restoration Act or the First Amendment right to free exercise of religion would supersede Title VII. In other words, an employer could potentially get away with violating Title VII by arguing that prohibiting them from discriminating against gay or trans people impermissibly infringes upon religious freedom. That's total bullshit, of course, and the Supreme Court has rejected the religion argument when people have tried to use it to justify racial discrimination in places of public accommodation. Exactly. (laughs) Even so, it's possible that a case could come along in a few years and undo the progress that the Bostock decision achieved. In fact, lower courts in conservative jurisdictions or conservative judges in more progressive jurisdictions could start ruling that way immediately. In short, we're going to have to wait and see whether this decision actually provides meaningful employment protections for sexual and gender minorities who didn't previously have any. Finally, the court's ruling only applied to Title VII, so it only prevents discrimination in employment. It's worth noting that the House of Representatives passed the Equality Act last year, which would amend a whole host of federal anti-discrimination statutes to include protections for sexual and gender minorities. It would also prevent the Religious Freedom Restoration Act from being used as a defense against a discrimination claim. This wouldn't resolve the First Amendment issue, seeing as the Constitution always wins out over a statute. However, it would obviate the need for a bunch of additional litigation. But, surprise, surprise, Senate Republicans just last (laughs) week blocked a motion to bring the Equality Act to the floor for a vote. Shout out to Republican Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma. Ew, I hate him. How dare you pretend to care about equality? And how dare you quote J.K. Rowling in furtherance of your oppressive agenda? Also, those are some great optics there, James. Voting against something called the Equality Act during a period of societal outrage and civil unrest over systemic inequality. I'll never understand why people like you, Alito, Thomas, and Kavanaugh work so hard to ensure that you're remembered as people who are on the wrong side of history. Anyway, those are my gay (laughs) feelings about Bostock v. Clayton County and about the Equality Act. Thank you all for listening. And of course, major thanks to Julie and Brandy for allowing me to ramble and vent on their podcast. You gorgeous girls have all of my love and respect, and I don't know how I'd get through this hellish moment in American history without you. Take care. Thank you, Max. Thank you for your gay feelings. You laid it all out for us. You explained it to everyone. We were just like treading water with it. We just didn't know. We just couldn't get the ins and outs, and you just fully laid it out there it was great once you pass the bar and you're on into your life we would love for you to consider doing a monthly segment Mm -hmm. to break down all of the court shit 
it would just be I've I felt he elevated the podcast. Oh my god, he used obviate <laughs> and his remarks. I mean, the wordage it was just wonderful. Upper echelon. Upper Max, echelon. You are you are Chef's kiss. One of our faves. <laughs> Love you. Now it's time for so there's that. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of Trump and the corona crazy culture war that he's responsible for. She hates doing it, but we all need it, and I enjoy torturing her. <laughs> so tell us, Meow Meow, mm. what <clears throat> so there's that moment did you come up with this week? Well, I mean, after Cornell and, you know, Max, Max. and... I mean, it just feels really pointless. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, not to mention, there's still protesting and rallies going on. And and with luck, the 12,000 people in Tulsa who went to the Trump rally will drop dead. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I know that's... Listen, that's how they feel about me. And honestly, let them have it. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm done trying to get anyone to like me. As we've said before, all we can do is start from this point and move forward. And if you can't, then... I say unto you, au revoir, mon frère, or revoir. And I hope you get coronavirus. I'm kidding, but you get the sentiment. I'm not kidding. Let's move over to some gay religious news. Okay. Since it's June and it's Pride Month, I haven't really been paying attention to gay stuff lately. I just haven't been interested. But I did come across this, and I do think it's pretty cool and combines two of my favorite things to get annoyed by. Religion and kids. But one of my favorite favorite things to get sensitive and sentimental about gayness and parents now when i was a kid there was not one rainbow flag to be seen i had no clue about being gay turning gay going gay what an actual gay person or acting on being gay meant what i did think is that being a lesbian meant being fat ugly and unloved by men unliked by everyone and a person who will never know receive or give love I spent a long time trying to rectify that to the destruction of myself and to many others around me. With that said, it is astounding to me that kids growing up today not only have options and choices, but have a support system that in some areas can actually be seen as even a little extreme. We're living in a very apologetic time for many adults and people are surviving and living with guilt to a point that could be seen as pandering. But I digress. <laughs> I digress. There are, however, people who have lived a religious life and looked in the mirror and said, God, I've been a hypocrite. I talk a big game about love and acceptance and charity and giving, and yet I've disowned my son. Or I've told an entire group of people they're going to hell and need to change who they are immediately or they're going to hell and they should probably just kill themselves. Well, we enjoy poking fun at these religious folk, particularly Mormons. Mormonism is a relatively new religion. Now, we won't get into the whys and hows, but basically they own Utah. And in Utah, LGBTQ rights are like in the toilet. And they have the highest suicide rate in the country of kids that are between the ages of 10 to 17 because they're gay or trans. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. If you're an LGBT youth in Utah, you're fucked. Unlike Christianity, Judaism, and Islam slowly, there have been offshoots where clergy has made space for LGBTQ rights and women and use the doctrine to support, defend, and include. Mormonism isn't there yet. However, 
a group of moms has decided to take back the Mormonite. Are they all married to the same man? <laughs> no, but that'd <laughs> okay. be amazing. I wish it was Cody. While looking for my So There's That on CNN.com, I saw this headline. The fierce Utah moms protecting LGBTQ youth. And God knows anything with LGBT and parents, I'm lost in a tunnel of corn and cheese. They're called Mama Dragons. It was started a few years ago and was founded by some Mormon moms who realized they're being hypocrites and needed to find a way to reconcile their own faith with the safety and well-being of their children. One mom lost her teenage son, his name was Stockton, to suicide. And she said, quote, Stockton was very comfortable with being gay, but I think he was uncomfortable being alone. Oh, uh, that's awful. I literally cannot stop thinking about that. He killed himself and she is to say at the least a shell of herself now. However, she now has Mama Dragons. The group is thriving. And there's a million more um, gay Mormon kids because they have a million kids. And yes. that's just how the percentage, the percentage. cracked down. Right. The group is thriving in a city and a religion that isn't supporting them. And that is really a testament to how powerful the right thing to do can be. Even though it's not a brand new group, I think CNN chose to show us these moms as it's Pride Month and it's a story with a beginning but without an end and their power and love is something we can all really use right now. It's very timely as we're going through a transitional time in our country of equality and being seen and afforded the same rights as every other citizen. Mormonism demonizes LGBTQ people. And in Utah, the thing is, there's nowhere to run from it because the church runs the state, basically. Yeah. So if you're gay, it's not like somewhere else where you just decided, I'm leaving that church. I'm going to San Francisco. But you can't because you're a kid. It's the church, the school, your neighbors, the neighborhood, everything you know. The and mall. Everyth everything. The mall. They literally own right. all the property in the whole right. state. There's no safe place to go. And then moms mama dragons along with another group called encircle are two major organizations in utah specifically created to help parents and kids get the support they need i think it's so important for the parents to get support too and that's why i love this little story because when your kid comes out you're kind of gay too just kidding you're not gay but you <laughs> have to go through whatever mourning and coming out process and grief that you have to go through and I think for many of us we've discounted the pain that being gay or trans causes our parents and we have to allow them their space to get the help and support yeah, like that they, they need, need to like, gay and on <laughs> they do they do yeah <laughs> the thing is is knowing that these groups in Utah exist are helping so many people especially now because when you feel like you're different or you feel that you are being targeted and everyone around you either rejects or pretends it isn't happening or that your existence isn't what it is or what it is is problematic that's what causes so many of the problems that we're even experiencing now so these groups represent the best in our intent and desire to try at the very least support someone you may not understand or agree with to love that person unconditionally to say to them they matter black lives matter mike pence and they can live their life in safety and honesty. And we will either hold their hand along the way or step aside and let someone else hold it. Happy Pride, everyone. So there's that. So 
that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we're so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour. And they can definitely be hit or miss as far as content. But there's no ads and there's no politics. It's just us pulling shit out of our asses and discussing it. Okay. You might find it soothing to listen to something with no structure. But if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking how annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. That's true. And right now it's important that we all spend part of every day plugged in and paying attention and contributing to this moment in whatever way that means to you. But if you start to feel hopeless or frustrated or overwhelmed, remind yourself that it's okay to disconnect and do something mindless. And there's nothing more mindless than our Patreon. So if you want to try it out, just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and scroll down to the episode from September 11th, which is unlocked and free to listen to. And then you'll join. And as always, <laughs> it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Cornell Belcher. And Max. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man. By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old steve reeves movie i'm glad we caught you at home could we use your phone we're both in a bit of a hurry right we'll just say where we are then go back to the car we don't want to be any worry well you got caught with a flat world how about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Stay for the night. night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab 
and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 